Welcome to Foundations of Emo, hosted by Claire and Danny. Each episode we take one of our favourite bands and dive deep into their history and origins, reminiscing on our own emo roots along the way. Yes. <laughs> I did it. Did it in one take. We are professionals at this stage. So profesh, even though we haven't figured out how to just record that and then stick it in at the start of everything. I mean, I know how, but at this stage it's tradition that we do it live every time. <laughs> that's true, that's true. It's more um, authentic. Yes. So we've got a number of things to talk about before we start today's episode. Yeah, a few gigs. We have been so busy. So busy. So um, popular, like everyone wants us to go to our, their things. Yeah, we just haven't <laughs> had a second, which is why this is so late. Yeah, well, <laughs> that's why we're double recording today, is to yeah. make up for the fact that we're late the past number of times. Yep. So hopefully it won't happen this time. But yeah, so let's see, where were we? So first up, we went to see Jodie Sinclair and support Crown the King. Yep. So that was a gig in the Grand Social. Yep. It was, was really good. Two Fridays ago? Yeah. Yeah. So Jodie is a friend of Claire's and I've been to see Crown the King a number of times and both of them are definitely worth going to go see again. Yeah, 100%. I think it was really nice to see Jodie kind of in that, like it was a very intimate setting. Yeah. It was like such one a of those good little venue. Where, yeah, you could like hear everything in between and my friend Dylan also supported him playing bass so that was really good that was cute and Crown the King played with a full brass band supporting them which was unreal because I've seen them a couple of times now but it just brought a whole other element to them and I felt like they were really they just were so happy and like they were so confident on stage and it was really good to see I definitely would recommend going to see them and they are playing in Belfast on the 17th of June that was my first time seeing them play Mm-hmm. Um, loved the element of the brass band it was so good and really loved their songs actually one of their songs is in my head for the next few days after that so that's a good time yeah they're like a Dublin based pop punk band and definitely worth checking out yep. on Spotify yes so after that I went out and Claire went home because she's you know a responsible adult I was working <laughs> she was working the next day so I went out with Claire's friends and we went to Outcasts which is a new night that's on in Workman's the Workman's uh, downstairs in the Workman's and it's like emo throwbacks and oh Sounds I so good. can't remember the last time I had so much fun it was insane like the dance floor they were playing Bring Me The Horizon and Fall Out Boy and they were playing songs that weren't singles, singles like just songs off the albums oh Oh my god, like it was it was my dream night. Like I had the best time. So they're doing a night once a month. So I think the next one is the Saturday or the Friday, the twenty third, I wanna say. Maybe double check that. <laughs> yeah, definitely worth going to. It was such a good night. And I didn't go home till half four and I don't know who I think I am because I am thirty three <laughs> years old and I cannot hack the sesh like I once could. <laughs> but it was a great night anyway, so definitely recommend going to that. And then the next night we went to the girls at Give 'em Hell's clothing launch, summer clothing launch. Yes, that was amazing. That was super good. Uh, Danny's wearing one of their t-shirts right now. Yes, you'll see it in the videos if you follow us on our social media at Foundations of Emo. It's a hand tie-dyed top. Yeah. Which hand tie-dyed them all herself. Yeah, it's so amazing. Good. And then um, I also bought a hoodie, which I love. Super comfy, super soft. I just have like nearly all their clothes at the yeah. now. They were doing a poll on Instagram the other day and it was like, do you prefer this beanie or this oh, hat? I saw that, yeah. They were like, do you prefer this t-shirt or that t-shirt? And I was actually just voting in them and then I was like, I have both of these. How can I choose? Which is my favourite. But yeah, definitely check out their clothing. God, this is just like, I feel like yeah. this is like a sponsored episode. Nobody's asked us to say this. <coughs> yeah. We've just been having a good time lately. We yeah. want to share it. And then during the week we went to see We Came As Romans, supported yes. by Caskets and... 
Oh my god, I can't get their name right. Uh, see you, Space Cowboy. See you, Space Cowboy. I keep yeah. referring to them as like spaceships in there for some reason. <laughs> I don't think it's all the S's. And they were all very good. I loved seeing caskets because I've liked them for a while now. Me and you have been following them. Loved caskets. I was so excited when I found out they were supporting We Came As Romans. Yeah, I, I haven't like really listened to We Came As Romans. Pro- romance? Romance. <laughs> like I'm a romance. <laughs> I hadn't really listened to We Came As Romans before, so I was more going to see caskets, but We Came As Romans were incredible oh, as well. So good. And I had seen them, the so this was on the Tuesday, I'd seen them on the Sunday at Leeds. So they'd played obviously Leeds South on the Saturday and Leeds North on the Sunday. And I was saying to Danny, I just love how they brought the same energy. Yeah. Like, I'd be fucking knackered if I was playing all those. <laughs> Not like they were just so energetic. Every song was just so good, high energy, loved it. Yeah, and to be fair, they were playing in the Academy and it wasn't sold out, but the people who were there, like the crowd was amazing. The crowd was amazing. And I just love how much, I'm going to generalize here, but the majority of men love a circle pit. (laughs) Like it just puts such a smile on my face when a band is like, I want to see a circle pit started right here generalizing that everyone's American and then all the lads are like yeah like gearing themselves up you know shaking their shoulders ready to run in that circle and fucking bash into each other men just love running in circles (laughs) (laughs) yeah no it was an excellent gig and the week before I had actually gone to see Billy Talent in the Academy oh yeah Um, and out of all the gigs that I have tickets for this year it was one that I was least looking forward to not like I've seen them before years ago it's just I haven't listened to them in like 15 years And I listened to them coming up to the gig and I was like, oh yeah, they've got some bangers. But playing live, they were amazing. Like the energy they brought was insane. And they kept like laughing to each other and like smiling at each other because the crowd was going wild and knew every word. And it was just, it was such a good gig. Like I'd definitely go see them again, even though I wasn't enthused to see them the first time. And who supported them actually? I arrived late, so I missed them. But apparently it was some Scottish band. Apparently they were good, I heard. But yeah, I don't have any more information than that. Because I was going by myself, so I don't like to go very early and then stand around by myself for ages. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, But I bumped into people I knew anyway, so I wasn't by myself in the end. Sure, we believe you. (laughs) (laughs) You have other friends that aren't clear. But yeah, so that's all our gig news. Yeah, well, we're going to see 1975 next week. Yeah, that's totally... (laughs) <laughs> change of pace I saw them in January so I know what to expect from the show and that's why I bought tickets to see them again because they were so good and I just bought tickets because I'm easily influenced and I was like <laughs> sure I'll go to this gig even though I know that one song <laughs> well you'll learn more before then and after then and you'll be converted yeah so a bit of a different one for this episode as well because usually I don't know what band Danny is gonna do until the end of our previous episode. However, because we had to do this as a double, I found out, so there's no, you know, exciting announcement, me being shocked. Yeah, but it's just exciting. Yeah. What band we're gonna do, because we're gonna do from first to last today, Woo-woo. which were big faves of mine. Okay, so let's get started. The band were originally called First to Last, and they were formed by Matt Good on lead vocals and guitar, drummer Parker Nelms, and bassist Scott Ord in Tampa, Florida in 1999. Oh my god. And at the time, Matt was only 15. He Such babies. They were all just like little kids playing. He had previously played in a, well, it wasn't a Blink-182 cover band, but like they might as well have been. But yeah, so they started first to last. So they held band practice in Parker's house. But when they began to travel for gigs, Parker was too young. So they had to replace him and they replaced him with a guy called Steve Pullman. Mm. <laughs> 
our band member is too baby he can't come <laughs> that's so sad you'd be raging <laughs> so in 2002 Matt joined a grindcore band called The Colour of Violence which at the time was called Skeleton Slaughter versus Fetus Destroyer <laughs> And that's where he met Travis Richter, who would later join the band as a guitarist and Joey Antillian as a bassist. So there's like so many lineup changes and different things going on before before they became who we know them as today. So later, Greg Taylor became the drummer and he wrote four songs for their aesthetic demos, which is obviously the first music that they released. So after hearing these songs, a guy called Philip Reardon joined as a vocalist and Derek Bloom joined on drums. So by the end of 2002 they had changed their name to from first to last. There wasn't a, like a legal battle there or anything. I think they just decided it sounded, it sounded better. better yeah. So the following year, they released their first EP, Aesthetic, on a label named Four Leaf Recordings, which I presume is pretty small because I've never, never heard of heard it. Never them. The vocals on the EP were done by Matt Good, Travis Richter and Philip Reardon. So there's kind of a com- combination. And the record was an underground success and then they went on to tour with bands including Alexis on Fire. Oh, so quite s- young, yeah. Yeah, I think that's amazing that they just straight off were like, yeah. Great. Did you listen to the aesthetic demos? No. Didn't know. Sorry, there was the aesthetic demos and then they released like an EP of some of those songs. I had listened to it previously back when I was listening to them when I was a kid. And like, it's very raw. It's it's very raw, but it's still really good. And it still has the like from first to last sound. Yeah. Uh, Listen back to it was very nostalgic. (laughs) So in September 2003, they announced that Joey Antillian had left the band and they replaced him with John Weisberg on bass. In November, they announced they had signed with Epitaph Records and were going to start working on their first album in the new year. Hmm. They, like, even at this stage, Epitaph Records is huge. Yeah, yeah. So after the release of the EP, the band wanted Matt Good to become the lead vocalist, but he thought it would be too much for him to do lead vocals and lead guitar. He wanted a proper lead frontman for the band. So through social networking platform MySpace, he reached out to a singer and guitarist from California by the name of Sonny Moore, who was only 16 at the time. So young. Sonny flew out to Georgia where they were recording the album and he was set to be the band's rhythm guitarist. But the band heard him singing featuring some of your favorite words and they wanted him to become the lead singer. So that's the song that's like... um, and I can't see, no, I can't breathe. Take it away, Danny. <laughs> Sonny had previously been in a punk band called At Risk, and a demo of theirs was released when he was only 14. They all started off so young. <laughs> I know. But this is the band that we know and love today with Sonny. So a little bit about him. He was born in California and grew up with Scientologist parents. Rough. <laughs> and at about 14 or 15, he found out that he was adopted. And weirdly enough, it was actually, there's conflicting stories. So they said it was like family friends that had ad- adopted him mm-hmm. off his real parents. And he had grown up knowing his real parents as like family friends. Oh. So he knew who his that real parents. That must have been. That's so weird. Yeah. And like to be 14, 15 as well, finding this out. out yeah. Being like, oh, Joe and Mary down the road, they're my real parents. Like what the fuck? So the other conflicting story is that they were his aunt and uncle adopted him. And he grew up knowing them as his aunt and uncle. But I don't know if that's in the way that you might be like, oh, there's Auntie Claire, yeah, yeah. who's like a close friend as opposed to an actual by blood relative. But either way, I think it's a bit fucked up. But they were Scientologists, so. What you expect? <laughs> yeah, I don't know what was going on there. So Matt Good wrote the first album in two weeks. And after they had recorded all the music, Sonny came along and did the vocals. So Dear Diary, My Teen Angst Has a Body Count was released in June 2004. And by 2006 had sold over 100,000 copies. The title was taken from a monologue in the film Heathers, where Winona Ryder's character is writing in her diary. 
That's so and funny. she says, Dear Diary, my teen angst bullshit has a body count. I love that song. <laughs> it's amazing. The album was remastered by <gasps> Bo Burchill from Seosin. Oh my God, he's everywhere. <laughs> That's why when you asked me in the Census Fail episode about him, I couldn't remember because I knew he was coming up yeah, in this yeah. one. And I was like, did I talk about him before? He's everywhere. So he's not named anywhere on any of the CD to say that he did that because there was a massive feud between From First to Last and Seosin. Oh, so I tried to look it up and I found an interview with Seosin about From First to Last and it's so bad. So I'm going to read you out a little piece of that. Yes. So Bo said, I remixed their record. It came out and sounded like dog shit. So Brett at Epitaph asked me to remix it for them. They re-released it and didn't even put my name in the credits. They kept the old mixer's name in the credits. It was kind of a bum out. I thought there was a couple of good songs by them on the record and then I produced a song from them on the Smart Punk comp. But the new album by them just blows. Jesus. And then Cove from the band said, they had about four or five good songs. And Justin said, you know how we were talking about the scene thing? That is the kind of band that is going to be here today, gone tomorrow. So I just think that's funny because it's from Justin. first to last have, have outlasted Sason, I'd say. Mm. Well, either way, neither of them are here today, gone yeah, tomorrow. Yeah. But yeah, it was just pretty... I thought it was kind of an unprofessional to talk about another band the like that in an interview. Yeah. <laughs> Although, if it is true that he remixed it and he's not even in the credits, you'd be pissed. Yeah. But the, that interview goes on for longer and they, they're just constantly like, I fucking hate that band. Oh, right. Yeah. So, okay. yeah, it's, it's pretty bad. So, there was two singles from this album, Ride the Wings of Pestilence and Note to Self. And the hidden track is commonly referred to as Dead Baby Kickball and features American rapper Major, Major League Player. Oh, yeah. Him. My fave. So what do you think about this album? No, to self, I miss you terribly. Classic. A classic. Love this album. This album is, oh, like just the just sound is. of my youth. Yeah, it just <laughs> is from first to last. It's incredible. I found it because a boy gave me a mix CD that had Ride the Wings of Pestilence on it. And yeah, changed my life. I'd say I probably found it because of you. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like that's a thing. Yeah. I found Senses Fail because of you and you found First Last because of me. Aww. But yeah, no, I adore every single track on this album. It's not a bad song. Although we will say the bonus track is very cringy. Well, it has American rapper Major League play on it. Well, I've never heard of him, but I figure he can't be that good because the rap is like so cringy on this that I'm like, I can't believe that's a real rapper they got in and not just like one of the lads messing. Is that the bit where he's like, you say from last to first, but I'm from first to last or something. It's like, yeah. oh, so smart. And then it goes into... <sighs> And Populism 2 was featured in the soundtrack for the video game Burnout 3 Takedown. So, like, okay, it didn't get, like, mainstream success, but, you know, yeah. there's, there's success there. Despite all the lineup changes, this album has the same lineup as Aesthetic, except Sonny's on vocals instead of the other three lads. Mm-hmm. They have John Weisberg on bass instead of Joey and Tillian. That's the other thing. But they still have Matt Good on lead guitar, Travis Richter on rhythm guitar, and Derek Bloom on drums. So this is kind of like the central from first to last lineup. Yeah. So in 2005, they went on tour with Emmanuel Halifax and he is legend and began work on their second album, Heroin. I will always remember, this was around the time that I discovered like the internet and forums and like I spent a lot of time online during these emo years of my life. <laughs> and I remember being in some kind of forum about from first to last and they were talking about the album Heroin was going to come out. And there was like all these kids, well, I say kids, like they were the same age as me at the time. So they were like 15, 16. They were like, my mom won't let me buy the album because it's called Heroin. And oh. like my mom won't let me, she thinks it's bad. And she like has banned them from the house. And but Heroin is spelt with an E, which means female hero. It does not mean a drug. 
so these people clearly were just women haters. Yeah, and I was actually Googling the other day, like, stuff for this episode, and I found another thing, like, a recent post from about two years ago on Reddit, and it was a guy being like, do you think it'd be bad if I wore a From First to Last heroin t-shirt? Like, would people, like, say something to me because it says heroin? I was like, people need to learn to spell. Educate yourselves. So they recorded this in a studio called Radio Star Studios in Weed, California. I just like... Ironic. To me, it's like they probably intentionally recorded there because it was called Weed. Like I just think yeah, of like a load of young fellows being yeah. like, this is gas. <laughs> but it was actually in the basement of a church It was where they recorded it. And it was a weird setup where it was like they had a stage upstairs and then they had the recording stuff downstairs. So they used to go upstairs and like practice the song all together on stage. And then like when they nailed it, they'd go downstairs and record it in the studio. Oh, Which is kind of cute. It was just like a really dark church. But the album was produced by Ross Robinson, who produced the used The Canyon album. The really sad shit album. Oh. But apparently he likes to emotionally torture bands when he's working with them. To get them really riled up and emotional for recording. And to be fair, when I think about Heroin, it is such an emotional album. Like, there's so much angst and like, I don't know. I kind of see it. Well, well I, I don't know if we about, attribute it to him. Yeah, what about the Use the Canyon? That was shit. Well, that was just shit. <laughs> but he has, he's done a lot of albums, apparently. Before they started recording, bassist John Weisberg had been asked to leave the band due to in- internal conflicts. And so Ross Robinson asked Wes Borland of Limp Biscuit to step in and record bass for the album. Right, I just think if you were going to pick someone, <laughs> where did you come up with that? Like, Wes Borland is the guy who wears the full body makeup, like... <laughs> It's so far removed from what you think of when you think of From First to Last. And I never knew this until recently. I was looking them up and I was like, Wes Borland was in From First to Last? That is gas. So he recorded bass for the album, but he also did several tours with them. Like he was like a, a member that <laughs> for a so while. weird. Which is insane. So John Weisberg actually went on to sue From First to Last. And I couldn't find any information about this. Now we're talking about, this is like 2005 or something. Yeah. So everything wasn't on the internet the way it is now. And obviously they weren't like a mainstream, mainstream band, but it's really hard to find information. But I think he just sued them for like some money. The usual. Yeah, the usual. But he won like, a, or I don't know if they settled out of court or he won or whatever, but they did give him money. money. So Heroin was, Heroin was released in March 2006. And the following month, from first to last, signed with Capitol Records after a bidding war against Warner Brothers. Wow, the big dogs fighting for them. Big labels fighting for them. And they released two singles from this album, The Latest Plague and Shame Shame. And a lot of songs are influenced by Sonny's adoption. There's a lot of like distress and anger on this record. Even I was listening to the song Afterbirth when I was in the car earlier on. And like I've listened to it a million times, but now looking at it in the light of his adoption, like the song's insane. It's the one that's like, I was born... Mm -hmm. oh yeah there's so many people Um, wearing masks and then he's like i was born to be given away and stuff and it's actually like really heartbreaking when you know like why he wrote that but i adore this album i do like this this one that has the crows are coming for us Mm. on i love that song the whole album is (laughs) the whole album it's so like i think it's much darker than the first one yeah it's like atmospheric it's epic it's more mature it is it's definitely more mature and i think I don't know, it's just, it's more complex as well. Like, I love Dear Diary. I think, to me, that's quintessential from mm-hmm. first to last. But this is, like, the perfect evolution from that. Yeah, definitely. Excellent album, start to finish. It also has that song, Waltz More on it, which is apparently, oh, yeah. like, 
the most personal song Sonny's ever written. And it's actually, when you listen to the lyrics, like he's just like, I can't eat anything without shoving my hands down my throat. Oh, yeah. And he just talks so horribly about himself the whole time. But it's a great song. <laughs> Didn't he always have that like real emo hair where he like covered his eyes? Yeah. Yeah. I was looking at like some classic emo. Some interviews of them and all. And it's like, you can't even see their face. Yeah. There's just like <laughs> hair everywhere. So from March to May, they went on the Black Clouds and Underdogs tour with Fall Out Boy, Hawthorne Heights and All American Rejects. They also played several dates of Warp Tour, but they had to cut it short as Sonny had to have a nodule removed from his vocal cords. There is so many themes that run through these podcasts between <laughs> greatest hits albums, lineup changes, being sued and having vocal surgery. Yeah, another vocal surgery on the list here. So this was actually his second vocal surgery. And after he recovered, they went on the World Championship Tour supporting Atreyu with Chiodos and Every Time I Die. However, Sonny had to drop out of the tour too as he was still having vocal cord issues. So Matt and Travis were going to cover the vocals so that they could finish the tour. But Chiodo's vocalist, Craig Owens, insisted that he step in and do it. Um, Which is just so weird. <laughs> he insisted. Like, He's like, no, no, guys, I'll do it better than you who have been in the band for years. Yeah, it's a bit awkward. It's so awkward. Like, <laughs> I can just imagine him like grabbing the mic off and being like, no, 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 I'm doing it. Yeah. I'm doing it. I don't, I, I don't know. I don't really know that much about him. But anything I've heard, I feel like he's a weird <laughs> So Atreyu eventually stepped in and made From First to Last leave the tour. And From First to Last released a statement about it saying, Our plan to enable us to play the rest of the tour was disregarded. And as our crew was setting up for the show in Worcester, Massachusetts, we were informed that we were being kicked off of the tour. Understand that it was not our choice to leave this tour. We were forced to leave. And Atreyu then returned a statement saying they couldn't perform as From First to Last and are no longer on this tour. I kind of see both sides here. (laughs) Like he's right. They're not From First to Last. They're... Craig Owens and <laughs> Craig Owens and the rest of from first to last. Like I wonder, was it the Craig Owens element that it drew? Was like, what the fuck is going on here? But also, why do they care so much? It's their tour. It yeah. was a Treyu's tour, like, and they were supporting. So, but what, you think kind people of like, weren't um, gonna go see them just because? I don't know. It was weird. Wes Borland toured with from first to last. Up until his other band, Blacklight Burns, schedule picked up and he didn't have enough time to do both. But he claimed that he had intended to write and record for their next album. Like Wes Borland fully in for first last, which is just (laughs) crazy. So weird. (laughs) So in February 2007, Sonny Moore announced that he was leaving the band to start a solo career. He stated that he had an urge to create his own music, but also that singing in from first last was putting major strain on his vocal cords. He posted recordings of his own songs on MySpace and went on to play on the Team Sleep Tour. On the sleep, team sleep tour, he made several demo CDs available and about 30 every night he had to sell his own little demos and you could only get them on the tour and they were packaged in little baby blue envelopes and each had a unique drawing by either Sonny or like one of his bandmates. Oh, that's, that's, that's so cute. <laughs> imagine if you had one of those say, now. Imagine, yeah. Check eBay. <laughs> In 2009, he released the Gypsy Hook EP and did a number of gigs, including one under the name Sonny and the Blood Monkeys. Since 2009, he writes, produces and performs under the name Skrillex, which was an old AOL screen name of his. He has released seven EPs, three albums and has won eight Grammys as Skrillex. I'm just so shook about all this because I didn't know he had left that early. Yeah. I didn't realise he was in it for such a short period of time. Yeah, because Sonny Moore to me is from first first last. last. But then I do understand now that you've said all that about like his vocal cords and it's putting a strain on it. And still shook though. Yeah. I was so surprised that he's released so much music as Skrillex because the first few songs were like massive. And I actually went to see him 
What? I went. I have never seen from first to last live, but I have seen Skrillex. <laughs> Did you go just because it was Sonny Moore? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Fair yeah. enough. Fair and enough. like he, there were some bops. Like me and my friend went, and we just literally danced the whole night. And she'd never heard of him, and I was like, just please come with me. And then me and her just danced. I'd probably buy tickets to be fair. Yeah. Just. To see. I can't remember where it was, but it was a really, really small venue. Like he was just like in the room. It was, it was so bizarre. But obviously, I didn't talk to him because I have social anxiety. <laughs> Sonny Moore is that over there I wrote a fanfic about him oh I did oh my god please delve more into that I still have it well go on no we can do a bonus episode when I'm drunk yeah. <laughs> I'm way too sober to talk about that but uh, he also provided programming and vocals for Bring Me The Horizon's third studio album There Is A Hell Believe Me I've Seen It There's A Heaven Let's Keep It A Secret I feel like I may have mentioned that in that episode but I can't remember hmm. so I thought I'd just bring it back around <laughs> if you haven't listened to that episode check it out so after Sonny left from First to Last were dropped by Capitol Records due to financial problems, they had no vocalist, no label, no permanent bassist, and they had no money because the money that John Weisberg got when he sued, like, was most oh. of their money. So they really had nothing and they did almost split up. But Matt Good decided to take over as lead vocalist while continuing backing guitar. They quickly recruited Matt Manning as a bassist and spent their remaining money on studio time to record their third album, which they had already written. After their new material, they were picked up by Suretone Records and then re-entered the studio to re-record the album again at a better quality and with a more professional crew. So this is their self-titled album. Yeah, I just was... I Because I listened to it and then <laughs> sent you a text being like, Sonny Moore, not like... <laughs> was, did he leave? <laughs> yeah. So this album... Mm, it's not good <laughs> it's to me it's just completely moved away from from first to last yeah it's like a different band it's way more like kind of pop punky and yeah. it's, it just doesn't sound like first to last at all yeah and i respect matt good for like keeping it going and obviously he started the band in the first place like it is his band he got sonny in but i'm still True. just like it's just not the same so in november 2007 they released their first new single two as one on their myspace account and later they played the song on Jimmy Kimmel Live. Again, another team. <laughs> From first to last on Jimmy Kimmel. I can't imagine that. So bizarre. You just looked that up. So the record label organised a large marketing campaign which saw them partner with MySpace, Hot Topic and MTV. And they negotiated a deal with EA which guaranteed that From First to Last songs would feature in their next 11 releases. What? Like the next 11 games that EA released had to have From First to Last on the soundtrack. That was... Games like Madden, NFL, Need for Speed, and FIFA. Like, massive games. How did they manage that? This is the best contract I've ever heard of in my entire life. Well, how did they manage that? It's sure Tone Records. I've never heard of them. Apparently, they're like a really major label. But of all the bands, would you really listen to From First to Last and be like, do you know what? FIFA. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's so bizarre. But like, the fact that they were partnered with MySpace Hot Topic and MTV... And on the EA games. Like, this is the best contract I've ever this heard of. This is wild. This is the best record label <laughs> I've ever heard of. They're getting some deals, bro. So in autumn 2007, they started their headline tour for the album. And the tour was called Rather Be Slaying Noobs. <laughs> <laughs> what? It's just so embarrassing. <laughs> and they had various support acts such as Bless the Fall, Pierce the Veil and Four Years Strong. And they also went on to play the Hot Topic Take Action Tour and the Vans Warp Tour. So they did mad tours with this album, which wasn't even a good album. <laughs> People were probably like, play, no to sell. Yeah, exactly. I, as I would. If I went to see them and they were playing those songs, I'd be like, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I said from first to last. In May 2008, they released the album. And despite all of the marketing, it received mixed reviews and the band felt that it was a failure. <gasps> it is said to have a more accessible alternative rock sound, which I think is very fair. 
Yes. It's way more like mainstreamy. Mm-hmm. And to this day, they rarely play tracks from this album live. Good. Which I take as a good thing. So yeah. I'm like, oh, I definitely go see them. <laughs> so they had two singles from this album, Two Is One and Worlds Away. And in June, they updated their MySpace page to include Chris Lent as an official member. So he was a keyboardist who joined at this time. A lot of bands take on a keyboardist. Yeah. And it's when I think it's like starting a band, I would never think like, who are we going to have on keyboards? Well, do you know what? Oh, I can play keyboard. Well, there we go. Band started. <laughs> DMGI part two. So in late 2008, they announced that they would be taking a break from touring. Travis Richter, the guitarist, and Derek Bloom, the drummer, were focusing on their side project, which was The Colour of Violence, with tours and an album called Euthanize. But it's spelled like the youth. The youth of today. <laughs> youth. Which they released in April 2009. And Chris Lent toured as a drummer of I Set My Friends on Fire, as well as one of the two drummers of The Colour of Violence. And the other drummer in The Colour of Violence was John Syverson of the band Daughters. Never heard of them. Me neither, but I just included that in case someone did. (laughs) (laughs) So in early 2009, from first to last, began to work on new music. And by the end of the year, they were back touring. So their hiatus wasn't like that long. In October the same year, they announced they they had signed with Rise Records. There was a really big thing in the documentary I watched about this because they didn't like being with Sure Tone Records because they were such a major label. They found that they were really restricted in what they could do. And like the label had such an input into everything they did. So they really wanted to get away from that label. I'm like the label that brought you fucking EA Sports. But anyway, grateful. so they went on the You'd Be Way Cuter in a Coffin tour with several bands, including Asking Alexandria and Alessana. They were supposedly finished recording the album by then, but they had to leave the tour two weeks early to add finishing touches. And fans began to complain that they could never finish a tour and sparked breakup rumors. So they released a new song from the album called Going Lohan and announced the new album Thrown to the Wolves, which was slated for release in March 2010. It's Going Lohan like Lindsay Lohan. I presume so. And I feel like... I know it was a different time in 2010 when you could slag people for like mental health their issues. Mental, yeah, yeah, exactly. But now I cringe every time I read yeah. that. I'm like, Ugh, such bad taste. So in late 2009, Travis Richter left the band. And he's like one of the, like, the, really, yeah, he's there was. from the start. So he said, it kind of just grew and grew until the dudes parted ways at me. I'd never just up and leave from first last. I feel like they thought it was their time to move away from me. So they told me to leave, which is a lot. So from first to last said, so Matt Good came out and said, now let me tell you, this is one of two statements of his that I include in this episode. And he loves to talk. <laughs> now his statements are just like word vomit. But anyway, he said, since the news has become public, I thought I'd take a minute to address it before wild rumors start flying around. Travis has been with us since the beginning and will always be someone I care about deeply. Unfortunately, though, as time goes on, sometimes people grow apart from each other. There's many things I could say, but they are rather personal and I don't think they need to be discussed here. I mean, for a start, I feel like even saying that, it's just like, why? (laughs) Just say, like, we like him, you know, we had to part ways or whatever. Like, why are you like, there's personal things, but I won't tell you. (laughs) This band is and always will be about making music with my friends. We don't give a fuck about fame or money or anything. It's about doing what we love together as a family. We aren't breaking up and we aren't changing our name. As long as we're making music, we are proud of and having fun together. This band will continue to exist. We wish the best to Travis and everything he does, and he is still a friend to us. I want everyone to understand that this wasn't done out of hate or spite or any other negative emotion. The vibe needed to be creative together was just gone. It happens. It's sad and all, but that's just life. 
Anyone old enough to have personal relationships knows that people split ways all the time. That's how life is and it isn't going to change. We appreciate everyone who stuck by this band through all these years. If this upsets you so greatly that you feel you can't listen to us anymore, that's okay and we understand. We still love you anyway. Just know that when bands make these decisions, they're always the last resort. No one wants to have to kick out a member of their band. It's never easy and always incites drama, but sometimes you have to make really hard decisions. It's part of being an adult. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. <laughs> Isn't that like, it's so intense. So intense. Okay. But it's like word vomit. Like if you're yeah. going to release an official statement, sit down and think about it and fucking edit it. <laughs> That's just all very, yeah, stream of consciousness. Yeah, like every thought, he just writes it and then he's like, send. <laughs> he didn't reread it. And it's really weird because it keeps me like, we still love him. It's just like, he we can't be off. here anymore. <laughs> and it's just being an adult, Okay. <laughs> So Matt Good and Matt Manning took over his screaming role while Blake Steiner, ex-guitarist of Mia Medusa, replaced him. Travis went on to become lead vocalist in prog metal band The Human Abstract before leaving in 2011 to become a dubstep producer with the group Modified Noise. We've lost another member of From First to Last to, to dubstep, dubstep. <laughs> which is so bizarre. And I do love how there's so many genres of metal. Yeah. We're like, what do we have in the last episode? Sludge metal, prog metal, cock rock, like... <laughs> All these different genres. So from first to last release, Thrown to the Wolves in March 2010, which was well received by critics and fans. It spent a week on the charts, the first album since Dear Diary, and then dropped off. But despite this, it was seen as a fresh start for the band. No official singles were released, but three songs they put up on their MySpace page before the album came out. So Going Lohan, Cashing Out, and I'll Inoculate the World with the Virus of My Disillusionment. Were they foreshadowing me? COVID? Yeah, do you know what? As soon as I read that, I was like, oh, inoculations. And then I was like, God, you couldn't release a song like that these days yeah. in a post-COVID world. <laughs> so what do you think of this album? I mean, I kind of lost interest in it. I'm not going to lie after Sonny Moore left. I was just getting through them. That's how I felt. But I actually really like this album. I think there are like moments where you're like, oh, this is from first to last. Like you can still hear it's them. I think if you listen to it, not the way I do, which is listening to it being like, this is from first to last, but it's not so anymore. If you listen to it as a standalone, this is the band, this is an album, it's good. Yeah, I, I definitely felt that as back. well. I don't think I'd ever have it in my head as being from first to last, yeah. but as an album by itself, it's actually really good. So they went on several tours. However, in July 2010, Matt Good announced that the band were going on a hi- hiatus. So now this is like another hiatus. He put out one of his statements again. Oh, great, great. (laughs) He said, Hey guys, just wanted to take a minute to update you with the current status of From First to Last. As of right now, we're basically going on hiatus. Now, before everyone starts jumping to conclusions, I just want to make sure everyone knows me and the other members of the band are still very, very close. We've been best friends for years and will continue to be for as long as I can possibly foresee. So I don't want anyone to think this is a result of animosity between them and I. There's nothing but love between us. This is mostly a decision based on a changing of times and the desire to start pursuing new things in our lives. This band has been the centre of our lives for our entire adulthood to date. Four full-length albums and almost eight years of solid touring later, the urge to see what else we're capable of achieving is almost overwhelming. And I feel like there's no better time than now to go ahead and take a leap of faith and see what happens. Just know, from first to last, is responsible for everything I have in my life, good and bad. And as far as I'm concerned, it'll probably continue to exist until I'm too old to do it. (laughs) Sorry, until I'm too old to do it anymore or dead. We love every single person that has ever helped us make our dream of being musicians and traveling the world come true. I know without the people who supported us, we'd be nothing. And I'm eternally grateful for everything. Just know, we aren't going to let you guys down and we still plan on making music at some point in the future when it makes sense for all of us for now just keep a lookout for new projects and future endeavors from all of us thanks for an incredible eight years i've seen the movie airplane uh, years ago 
Do you know the bit where they're on the plane and your man keeps talking and then slowly every passenger beside him is like setting themselves on fire or like <laughs> hanging themselves? <laughs> yeah, well, that's Matt Good's statements for you. But he, I don't know. I even think this is weird because he's like, don't come to any conclusions. Don't, oh, we're definitely not fighting. Definitely not. Definitely like no fights. It's like, who said fighting? Yeah, but <laughs> the fact you're saying it makes it feel weird. So the following day, Craig Owens... Our old friend from Chiodos is back. And he announced that Matt Good was a member of his new band, Destroy, Rebuild, Until God Shows. Which (gasps) is shortened to drugs. On guitar, keyboard and vocals. I love that band. I only So do I. And I did not know. First of all, that it's shortened to drugs. Makes a lot of sense now. And second of all, that that was who it was. Yeah, Matt Good is in that band. Because that's a super group. That's got people from different bands in it. Didn't know that. Don't know who the rest are. (laughs) Apart from obviously Craig Owens. Yeah, I only discovered them last year. And like such bops. They came up, yeah, one of my music you might like. Yeah. Yes, Spotify. So that band only had that one album and then Matt left the band in 2012. But like Craig Owens left the band, like everyone just left. They did one album, that was it. So Matt left the band and became a dubstep electronica DJ with AJ Calderon in the duo Kit Fisto. Why are they all becoming dubstep people? I don't know. So bizarre. Such a re- weird recurring theme in this episode. <laughs> Maybe like, because Sonny did a first and was so successful, they were like, that's the way to go. From first to last. <laughs> in 2011, Matt Manning and Blake Steiner formed the band Eye in the Sky, and in 2013, John Weisberg launched his band Exo Stereo. So many bands. Yeah, it's so funny because I I obviously tried to look up more information about them, and apart from Sonny, everybody else, any other member who I tried to find on Wikipedia, they have like lists of all the bands they're in and all like how they joined this band, how they left that band, joined this band, band, and they have no personal information. I don't know any personal information about anybody apart from Sonny. Yeah, yeah. He's got like a little section that has like just a bit about his life and his adoption and stuff. But like there's no other information. Just like 45 bands on every page. I feel like it dilutes them out a bit when they do so many bands. Yeah, and like I like the idea of like re- researching for these episodes and like listening to the other music and all. But it's like there's just too much. Yeah, like, there's, there's not no enough hours time. in the day. We have full-time jobs. <laughs> and quitting my job to listen to music yeah. full-time. So after the hi- hiatus in November 2013, Matt Good, Derek Bloom, Matt Manning and Travis Richter reunited as from first to last. Mm. And this is really sad. They launched a Kickstarter campaign to fund the recording of a new EP. Oh. Because they couldn't afford to like... It's just insane because they were so big that they have to do a Kickstarter. Well, what to happened record. to all their FIFA money? I don't know. So Matt Good said in an interview that he actually reached out to ex-vocalist Sonny Moore to see if he could contribute in some way. They're asking Sonny for money because Sonny's off being Skrillex. So they were aiming for $25,000, but they made $30,000. So the band decided to release an album instead of an EP as the recording sessions were going well. So Derek Bloom opted out of the reunion in the end. He was one of the like original members as well. He came back after the hiatus. He was there to launch the Kickstarter. And then when it came down to it, he's like, actually, bye. (laughs) Okay, bye. Which I just thought that was a bit strange. So three new members joined the band. So Ernie Slenkovich replaced Derek on drums. Spencer Satello of the progressive metal band Periphery joined as a vocalist. And Taylor Larson joined as a third guitarist. What do you need three for? I don't know. It just (laughs) seems really excessive. (laughs) <laughs> and he was just a producer. He was, I think he was like producing the album or something or mixing or he was doing something. Yeah. But like he's actually a third guitarist as well for this album. Oh. Why? <laughs> for its 10 year anniversary, the new lineup released a new version of Note to Self from the album Dear Diary. Did you listen to that? It's on the album. Yeah. I don't see the point in it. I don't see the point. 
Like, I kind of see why they put it out as a single, kind of to be like, we're back. Yeah, yeah. And we've got new members, but we're still, like, this way. But, like, I don't know why it's on the album. There's three songs from Dear Diary on this album. And also, the songs are so Sonny Moore, as in, they're so distinctive with his vocals. And like, So then when you're the man singing them, you're like, ooh, what is this? Yeah, it's not the same. So in the autumn of 2014, the band went on tour of Black Veil Brides, Set It Off, William Control and Falling in Reverse. And in November 2014, they released the first single, Dead Trees, from the forthcoming album, Dead Trees. (laughs) (laughs) Weeks later, they announced that they'd been signed to Sumerian Records for the release of the new album. And they released that in April 2015. And there were three singles from this album, Dead Trees, Black and White, and I solemnly swear that I'm up to no good. Harry Potter. Makes me cringe so much that you as a band member would write a song about Harry Potter. But anyway... I do love Harry Potter. No. Just no. You're a wizard, Danny. Christ. (laughs) I am not. What are your thoughts on this album? I just kind of skipped through it. I'm not going to lie. I listened to it for the first time today and... I only listened to the first time yesterday, to be fair. I don't think it is a bad album, but it's not from first to last. No, we're back to that again. It's a whole different vocalist, not even Matt Good. Like, just some random chap from another band. Just hopped in and was like, yeah, sure, I'll sing in this band. And like, maybe I would like it if I listened to it as not from first to last. Because yeah, it sounds maybe that's like our him. problem. Yeah. Mm. I listened to it and I was like, this album is grand. But I was just like, but it's not from first to last. No. At all. There's no, like, consistency between all the albums. Yeah. They could all be different bands. Yeah. I even felt Matt Good, okay, if we disregard the self-titled album, which was just bad. I think Matt Good got back into the sound of like from first mm. to last with Thrown to the Wolves. But then, like, just getting a new vocalist in, uh, it's just... And three new members, yeah. and, like, just... Just call I don't yourself know a new is. band, no? Yeah, it's just not from first to last at all. And then, yeah, doing the three songs from Dear Diary on yeah. this album was just weird. Unnecessary. Really unnecessary. Surely they had other songs I could have put on instead. It was, like, filler. It's like, let's just put a few oldies on. So in July 2016, Sonny Moore held a radio show as Skrillex, and for the final song, he played an untitled bonus track, which Alternative Press stated was reminiscent of old from first to last. Mm. This got everybody talking. So there was also a Facebook post which started rumours of a possible reunion. And the following month, Spencer Satello announced his departure from the band. He tweeted, We did Dead Trees for fun and didn't really plan on anything further than that. But there was mixed things I saw online that he thought there was going to be more. And then, I don't know, it just didn't happen. Awkward. So I think maybe they were like, Here, let's just tell him we're not doing anything else. And he was like, yeah, guys, we're leaving. Didn't plan to do anything else. The rest of the band are like, Never mind. I did see an interview and it was Spencer and Matt like at some festival. They're actually sitting there drinking beers and being interviewed. They're like, what are these rumours about Sonny Moore coming back? Like, would you have him back? And like, first of all, I thought it was really awkward because Spencer was sitting there like, you're asking me. Matt was like, we love Sonny and we know where we came from and we know like this is how from first to last started. But he's like, he's literally one of the most busy guys I've ever met in my entire life. He's in a new city every single night. If he wanted to do something, if he wanted to reach out, like we'd be all in. But like, I, I've, yeah. he, he said this really weird thing. He's like, I wouldn't like to bother him. And I was like, he's wearing a band together for years. I was like that whole one. He was like, sorry, sir, can I borrow 30k off you? <laughs> <laughs> but it's just so weird. Just being like, I wouldn't like to bother him. Yeah, he's aww. so busy. <laughs> Matt's really cute. He's like a little baby. But he's not. He's like older than us, but he's like a little baby. He's he's still an emo kid, even to this day. Aww. But I thought that was really strange. But anyway, poor Spencer got the boot. So in January 2017, on Sonny's birthday, he tweeted, Happy birthday, with a link to a new from first to last single, Make War, with Sonny on vocals. 
Really confusing. He's back, baby! <laughs> yes! So they also announced that Derek Bloom was returning to the band, oh, the original cute. drummer. But he's not on that single because Travis Barker is. What? Travis Barker has he's, to have a go on everything. He does. <laughs> you know. He has to be on everything. He's like Craig Owens. <laughs> he's just like knocking on the door in the studio on a random day. <laughs> hey guys, who who's in you? here? I'm coming in. I'm having a go. <laughs> so then, this is so exciting. So... During emo night in LA in February of 2017, the band played their first show back together. So aside from the new single, the set list was purely songs off Dear Diary. I saw a clip of this. And okay, I thought that Sonny coming back was kind of a surprise, but it wasn't because they knew from the single. But when I watched the emo night, like they're all on stage, they're like from first to last. And like Sonny's not on the stage. So I thought when he came on that everyone was like, fuck it's Sonny yeah, like they yeah. didn't know he was back but apparently he had announced it a couple of days before he, he tweeted and he said something like eh just gonna go do a show with my old band like that's all he said oh. like but they knew he was coming out but oh my god because the lights are, it's really dark and then they're just like kill the lights and then like little Sonny's on stage and I was like ah I actually being there I got goosebumps watching the video <laughs> so the guitarist Taylor Larson did not perform and has since left the band so Sonny stated that the band intend to make more music and in December 2017 they released a new song called Surrender at another emo night which was then released in July 2018 and since then there's been nothing radio silence yeah weird I know we've had COVID and stuff in between but like they were like yeah we're back we're gonna make more music yeah it seems like they had a load of momentum going there that was five years ago what are you doing from first to last what is Sonny doing Screlaxing. Yeah, I don't know. That is bizarre. We need to watch this space. Yeah, like I still feel like there is going to be something, yeah, but I, I just don't know when. And the rest of the guys are all doing like they've got their own other little bands and they're doing producing work and working in studios. I think one of them has his own music studio and they're all still doing music stuff, but like just nothing Not has happened with From First, First to Last. Last. Hmm. Interesting. So now it's time to get into the controversy. The only reason I'm here. So... Spoiler alert, no perverts. Yes. <laughs> Which Three is in a row, baby. Good news. Three in a row. <laughs> no perverts. So in 2015, Sonny Moore had a major fight with Dead Mouse that played out online. You know Dead Mouse? Yeah. Aren't, um, isn't he basically like Sonny Moore? Yeah. They actually worked together. I meant to double check what the timeline was, but I presume they worked together before this. But basically, Sonny was doing an interview and he said, I'll always have love for Joel because he's put me on at an early time in his career, but he's an asshole. And everyone knows that. He knows that. I think that's kind of his thing. The one thing that is unfortunate about it is he has a record label. And when you have a record label, you've got to be a leader. And he has people that are signed to him. I couldn't imagine being a leader going out with a public image being being such a negative attitude. So Deadmouse had tweeted about another guy, Jack Yu, who Sonny also had worked with before. So Jack Yu did that song with Justin Bieber, Where Are You Now? Yeah. So Deadmouse tweeted about it and said, made the mistake of listening to this Jack Yu shit with Bieber, assuming they at least did something cool. Nope. What the fuck is this shit? <laughs> so then obviously Sonny said that in an interview about him and Deadmouse went on a full on Twitter rant. I like, love the Twitter rant. These are multiple tweets, like separate tweets all in a row. So he said, everything is in caps lock for the record. Don't really give a fuck, to be honest. <laughs> he should have brought that up when I released his first album for him. Whatever. You like what you like. Thanks for that pocket full of certified psychoanalysis. It's really unfortunate I have a label. Sorry for being me. At the end of the fucking day, if I'm miserable, moody, negative, then that's just me dealing with or not dealing internal shit. 
Yes, I'm aware that I can be a fucking diva. Yes, I'm aware that I have more than one complex. Very fucking aware. The people you should really fucking worry about are the people who don't know it. So yes, at Skrillex, I'm super sad I'm not as cheerful and super inspired by life like you. And I'm so sorry I'm an asshole. But how about you let me worry about that shit? Some people don't want to be helped. I'm scraping by life with my fucking insecurities and successes just fine. Now give it a fucking rest and talk about cats or some shit so I can go build a PC. Okay, whoa, 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 whoa. What's wrong with the cats? Why do well, he's to... saying that Sonny talks about cats, so I'm like, that makes me like Sonny more. Okay. Sonny go... more. Ha <laughs> ha! Do you get it? Go build a PC? Yeah, so weird. How random. So that was one controversy. I love that so that much. That was a very I enjoyable every, controversy. Every one of those tweets. And you know, it was so funny because I was I was trying to find like the first to last controversy. I couldn't find any apart from like John Weisberg suing them. So then I started looking up Sunny in particular and then like Skrillex controversy. And there was like Skrillex's biggest controversies. And it was all like people saying mean things about him. And I was like... <laughs> This isn't, like, controversy for him. Yeah. I don't know. Like, it wasn't, like, there there were just opinions. They were like, I don't like his music, it's bad. And I was like, this isn't a controversy. Well, if that's as much controversy as you're going to (laughs) get. So there was more controversy. At a 2012 LA show, a woman was injured when Sonny jumped off the DJ table. So she brought him to court because apparently after this happened... Now, there's video evidence that he did not jump on her. She just happened to, like, be in the crowd and somehow got pushed and injured apparently and since then she said she started having seizures oh god so she sued him and he had to pay 1.6 million dollars and also like the record label paid like millions like she got i think six million altogether wow but i found a little bit from the trial and like the counter argument to her saying she was injured was like first of all there's video evidence that you weren't anywhere near when he jumped off the table yeah and then secondly apparently she lives this incredible life she's going like jet setting and traveling all the time it's all over her social medias and they're like Okay. How injured are you? Yeah. But she won anyway, so she got the money. So wow. that was a bit of controversial. Yeah. He, like, caused this woman to have seizures for the rest of her life, like, damaged her forever. God, you'd feel very bad about that. Yeah. I'd, I'd like to so, take the anyway. money. Then in 2022, a picture appeared online that Jordan Peterson, controversial freak, posted of him and Skrillex. Ugh! Just why? him with his arm around Sonny. He what? just tweeted the picture with, like, no context, nothing. Just Why post a picture of him. put his arm around him? I don't know. Gross. I don't know. And it does make you be like, oh God. Yeah. Sonny. <laughs> Why? And everyone was like, obviously the internet went crazy and everyone was like, Skrillex is cancelled because he likes Jordan Peterson and blah, blah, blah. And then the next day, I think Jordan Peterson tweeted and was like, at Skrillex, great to see you yesterday. Oh no. <laughs> but like nothing. There was no like re- reply from Sonny. There was yeah. nothing. And he's never like come out and talked about it so don't know what it's about but it did cause like a bit of uproar on the internet yeah good and then i think the biggest controversy of all we all know and love the song emily from dear diary it's in- there's no one in the world yeah yeah absolute emo classic song so sunny wrote that song about a girl called emily yeah who he went oh. on to cheat on no he didn't mm-hmm. sunny yeah i think that's the most controversial thing in the whole episode what a prick what an absolute dickhead. That's my episode on From First to Last. Did we talk about the fact that Sonny Moore went out with Ellie Goulding? Oh yeah. How random. Yeah, in 2012 they dated for a while. Is that not the weirdest pairing? Where did it's they even so meet? so strange. It is really weird. So strange. Hmm. Well, I know a lot more about From First to Last than I knew at the start of this episode. Yeah. I learned loads about like all the other lineups they've had since. Didn't know. But I do think they were essentially a different band by the end of it. Like... Those albums with the different lineups, they should have just called themselves something else. Yeah. But now they're back together. Yeah. You know, 
from five years ago the last time they mentioned it oh I'd love to go see them but only if they play the Sonny Moore stuff yeah oh my god I would love to see them live I haven't as I said I, I've only ever seen Skrillex play it must be so irritating though if you're that kind of band and you're trying to you know keep going without Sonny Moore and everyone's just like play the Sonny Moore stuff <laughs> so let's talk songs what yeah. is your song on repeat? Uh, it's a fairly obvious one because it just gets stuck in my head all the time. It's Ride the Wings with Pestilence. Excellent song. Ride the Wings. My one is also from the same album and it is Populous in Two. Oh. That's the one that's like, that's even if I spent 2004 listening to Marcy in my car. That is a bad Oh yeah. <laughs> the way he says that. Yeah, his voice is so whaley and like, to me, that's like pure emo, his voice. Yeah. So like, meh, meh, isn't it But nothing is like it, as we learned when other people try to Exactly, no one last. can recreate it. And what is your song to skip? I like, as you write, we're going to have to find this one because I only just... Oh, back to Hannah Lee. Oh yeah, that was weird. What is one. that about? What album is that from? Dead Trees? Dead Trees, yep. Yeah. So my song to skip, and I feel feel bad about saying this, I'm not going to lie. And it's from Throne to the Wolves, because I really like the album. And then the last song, Now That You're Gone, is really bad. It's really long, and it's really strange. It's like, it's real experimental, and it's got like a little bit robot-y stuff going on that I was like, oh God, here's the dumb stuff. ready for that, yeah. But it is about Matt's dad dying. So I feel bad being like, it's a shit song. But it is. But Sorry, it's a shit Matt. Song. Sorry to your dead dad. <laughs> Well, I was actually almost going to pick Emily as my Santa skin. <laughs> Me too. Like, Why though? It's an absolute emo classic, but like, it's it's overplayed. and It's overplayed and also can't really sing. Yes, you can. No, that's not a, that's not a correct <laughs> it's opinion. It's very like, a smiles and a dentist. The only thing that I... You know? Yeah. Just a bit great. It's excellent. <laughs> No, I just feel like it's overplayed. And there's so many bangers in that album. And then when it comes to that, you're like, okay, it's time to get sad. It is a classic. I feel like that's also a theme with these episodes. It's like, I never want it to be time to get sad. (laughs) Just don't lower the tone when we're having a bop to our emo songs. (laughs) Even though that's the whole premise of emo. So, what band are you going to do next? This is spur of the moment decision that I only decided about an hour ago. But I feel like it's fitting. I'm going to do We Came As Romans. Okay, that's exciting. Because I love We Came As Romans. Not just like because I saw them on Tuesday. <laughs> but I saw them a few years ago. And did I mention that I met them and like we're matos? So I'm going to do them. That's exciting. I didn't yeah. know you were going to say that actually. Who did you think I was going to say? Um, no, don't say it. Cause yeah, I won't say it. <laughs> I might give it away. No, that's exciting. Because I don't know anything about them. You've told me a little some of them. Yeah. But yeah. And we I'm can go back and listen more. to them again. Yeah, because I, I really enjoyed the gig, even though I hadn't really heard them yeah. before. So, yeah, That's so excited. excited. So hopefully we'll be back on a proper schedule uploading these episodes. But no one's like messaged us being like, oh my God, where's the episode? It's yeah, Wednesday. Because I know you're all waiting with bated breath. <laughs> yeah. But don't be afraid to message us. Like, we'll tell you. <laughs> we'll be like, oh, it's coming sometime. <laughs> but hopefully now that we've recorded a double episode here, we'll be back on a better schedule. Yeah. And we'll talk to y'all real soon. Who knows what we'll be doing by then? But if you want to know, you should follow us on our social media. We're Foundations of Emo on Instagram and TikTok and Foundations Emo on Twitter. So we'll talk to you then for We Came As Romans. Okay, bye. Bye.